PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Gentlemen, welcome to episode 370 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, shown at the Crespediso studio with Drew Stukongberg. Drew. What up, dude? How you doing, dude? Doing. We got the Oscars tonight. I know you're so excited. Not going to watch a second. You just can't hide it. <laughs> I see you buzzed in here wearing your Oscars shirt. <clears throat> yeah, I, d- I don't care at all. It makes you're in, zero difference. You're wearing your gold socks. I know, I know. You don't care about who gets the awards. You just like the pomp and circumstance of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, a, you're a man of ceremony. I mean, I, I was really surprised when I walked in and you were painted gold. So I'm painted gold <laughs> for people to say I am no. currently painted gold. I did not shave my head, but I am wearing no. a bald cap. But my hair is it's poofy, so it's mm-hmm. like lumpy bald. Yeah. So I'm like, I look like so, I have a tumor head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm painted gold. Look, like I have a tumor head, and my my beard <laughs> is painted gold. Yes. Uh, Joseph Cogburn's wearing a uh, Oscars T-shirt and gold socks. And we are excited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. By the well, time people, uh, by the time, uh, we'll, we'll get a few dozen people listen to this right away. Uh, I mean, we got, we got some Crespity so stands who uh, who get their fix immediately. Shout out to you guys there, and there, gals. There may or may not be some surprise wins. Maybe the, maybe some, you know, maybe the, the Academy will do some good things this year. Give it to some deserving people. Maybe, I, maybe. I, I was half listening to the news and I was unaware that... Brad Pitt has never won uh, an acting Oscar. I don't even know if he's... What, has he been nominated? I don't know. I think he's been nominated, but he's never won. No, he, he definitely hasn't he, won. He has... No, he does have Oscars for producing. Because... Because um, of Plan B. Because Plan B for years has been doing work. They've been so yeah, good. Yeah, so he does have Academy Awards. Yeah. Not for acting. Not for acting. Which is surprising. Well, did, you I know, know that. here's the thing with Brad Pitt. He's been a movie star for... Yes. Now. Yes. For 30 years, yeah. he's been a movie star since uh, at least Thelma and Louise. I mean, the, I think it's the first time people were just like, who is this guy? I mean, the, f- the first time that I remember being like, just like assaulted with Brad Pitt mm-hmm. was Legends of the Fall. Which is the marketing campaign. The marketing campaign for that was heavy. Sure. The first time I was like, oh, Brad Pitt for me was 12 Monkeys, which yeah. was 96. Well, no, exactly. But, but I mean, I saw 12 Monkeys. I, I, he was just like a guy. I mean, but after 12 Monkeys and Fight Club, it's like, oh, Brad Pitt. Right. Uh, but even then with 12 Monkeys, like that was him trying to prove he can, quote, act. Yeah. Because before that, he was like pretty boy guy. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, uh, now currently, he does not like when any of his characters are referenced as being good looking. 
Okay. He does no. not. He doesn't. Want, he does not want his looks to he's ever not, be a part of guy. the character. Yeah. He's not that guy. Outside of his <clears throat> fit, macho nature in Fight Club. Outside mm-hmm. that, he's like yeah. he, he's anti my good looks. Um, and then of course there are people out there who's like I don't think he's good looking. But whatever. No. Um, and it was Burt Reynolds' idea to have the line in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, you're too pretty to be a stunt guy, or you're too good looking, yeah. you're too pretty. And that's like exactly what Pitt doesn't want to do, but it's fucking Burton Reynolds' yeah. idea. It, it, it works. In a Tarantino movie. <laughs> so it's like, damn it, okay. So it's like the the exception, the one time he yeah. allows that to happen, which is funny. He's never been considered like a thespian, a great actor. He's always been like a movie star yeah. who surprises people with good work here and there, which I don't think they should be surprised. He's a talented guy. I was about to say, I mean, looking back on his career, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. He, he fucking got the chops. He's got the chops, man. He's displayed them in various I mean, e- ways. E- even when I was a kid and I saw him meet Joe Black, didn't get it. Sure. So I thought it was stiff and so, I thought he was awful. So not for a kid, that movie or that <laughs> performance. And, and, and then when I saw the movie as an adult, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> death as a wide-eyed innocent child oh, yeah, exactly this is fascinating yeah. so. still not a good movie but fascinating no fascinating now I, I get it yeah though. um yes for sure um i think then in part his winning here which will i mean people like i said we're recording this a f- five hours before the ceremony um guaranteed he's gonna win yeah it's because of like a everything uh, else yeah. Lifetime. It's almost yeah. a lifetime achievement yeah. award. It's it's the Gorsese yeah. winning for the departed. He was such a lock to win for the departed that the presenters that year were Spielberg, Coppola, and Lucas for, for best director. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, hey dude. Guess who's winning? Hey, you finally got it. <laughs> How embarrassing would have been that year if like uh uh like I don't know, like Craig Brewer went up there for uh, uh Then the oh man I, I wonder if, after uh, after that I wonder if he would have gone on to make the Irishman because if not then the Irishman would have been his like they'd have been like sorry this, this is the one that just uh, <laughs> sorry sorry he didn't win for Raging Bull and Taxi Driver and, and everything else. yeah yeah here we love the Irishman <laughs> the Irishman would make more sense than the Departed because while the Departed's well liked yeah. the Irishman's more of a like it's more it's Scorsese movie. It is more Scorsese, yeah. And also The Departed. It's crazy that that one that year for... It's a remake of a Chinese yeah. action mm-hmm. film. It's uh, so not the normal thing anyway. Now we're really <laughs> Um So uh, for all y'all who are going to be wondering what our take is on the actual show and the actual awards, especially since many of you will be listening to this after the awards, um, after the show, uh, sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash So We are going to record a little... Here's a recap. All my thoughts on the actual show itself, and then Drew's thoughts on uh, whatever else leaks into pop culture. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure by then you'll see. Whatever shocking oh, thing no, happens I mean, or dumb thing. It's well, no, like, exactly. In the morning, like, or probably in the afternoon, yeah. like, I'll check, you'll hear You'll hear about yeah, it sometime. I'll, I'll check my phone and be like, oh, here, here's, here's all the answers. Like, oh, I see. Uh, 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 interesting. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman ran streaking on, on stage <laughs> during the... I'm just happy that it's hostless. That yeah. means we'll have some uh, comedian uh, come out probably. Maybe another Tina Fey, Maya Rudolph, uh, Amy Poehler. They did the first 10 minutes last year. It was fantastic. And then they fucked off. It was even better. Mm-hmm. Come out there, do your jokes, leave. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Again, like I said, patreon.com to hear our Oscar thoughts. We'll recap. We'll recap that baby for you. And, uh,. And we'll also check out, where's where's that answer sheet? Oh my god, did I lose it? I mean, I hope not. It should be around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't I don't have to listen to my own episode to because I don't remember anything. It's around so. here, it's around here somewhere. Man, I was watching CBS Sunday Morning this morning. Many Sunday mornings I spend with my parents at their house now. It's Mont Springs, out to Monte Springs, as the GPS says. And uh, they like to watch CBS Sunday Morning, and of course they theme it out all the time. So like last week was the Grammys. No, last week was the Super Bowl. So they did a bunch of football stuff. The week before was the Grammys. So it was all music stories. Today is the Oscars. So it was all movie stuff and Oscar related stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they showed one of the short films. Oh, nice! Uh, one of the animated short films okay. that, that was uh, up. Mm-hmm. And uh, God damn it, Drew! If I it's wasn't about to, <laughs> if I wasn't about to cry there yeah. in front of my parents and my brother at the end of this uh-huh. whole thing, uh, so well done. Uh, if I did have to listen in front of me, I'm sure there's, there's one of them that has some something about hair. Okay. It's titled Hair Something. Yeah. And uh, and that's the one that they showed. It was about a little girl who needed to get her hair did uh, for a special appointment for a special day and about how uh, her dad has to help her. But for her dad, it's like, shit, man, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so it's a daddy-daughter thing. It's a, daddy do- it's a daddy-daughter thing. And oh, thank God. Okay, here we go. The 2019 ballot. No, where is this from? No, here we go. Uh, short animated. There's one called Hair Love. That's the one that they showed, Hair Love. I think Kitbull's going to win. We both went with Kitbull, but I think that, that hair level is very good. Okay. Very, very good stuff. Okay. Um, so anyway, Oscar stuff, patreon.com slash Chris So what we will talk about now for this show, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yes. They had the word one in there. Uh-huh. Um, when you look online, uh, like on IMDb and stuff, it's just Birds of Prey. But yeah. on screen, it's the whole subtitle. Yep. So that's the name of the movie. I mean, made a shit ton of money. 33 domestic, 48 international, total 81. 33 domestic? That's actually a little soft. <clears throat> they were hoping for it to make a little bit more. 33 yeah. is good. I think 33 is what they could expect from that trailer. Well, all, are all maybe all the dude bros don't want to go see that's it. That's a big problem. I'm seeing a funny thing online where when people talk about, man, the action in this movie is like, it looks great, it's all awesome. Then dude bros are like, well, you know what dude did it. <laughs> Cool, awesome. It's like, cool, like a dude did it with Kathy Ann. Like, no. they work together. <laughs> it's her fucking movie. Like, it doesn't look like John Wick. Like, you can tell, no. like, some things like, oh, that was John Wicky. But, no, no, it, yes. But now a lot of movies are doing that because we're in a post-John Wick world. Well, no, exactly. For the better. They have, they changed the action game forever, Chris. It, not forever, but for the now. Yeah. They made it better. Yeah. They got us out of that postmodern shaky cam crap into now let's appreciate actual work by artists, choreographers, yeah. stuntmen, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yes, they brought us into a, a beautiful future. Yes. It's one of the few times change is good. <laughs> um, and they were super smart. Kathy Ann and the producer were super smart to reach out to Stahesky and get him to do his second eighty stuff. They worked together. They crafted a, I want to say, a very fun, exciting, I mean, enjoyable movie. I mean, in all reality, like... These guys, like, that's what they were doing before they started just directing. Yeah, 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 yeah. In and, the 90s and, and 2000s. And, and even even that still, when they were directing, I guarantee you one of them was doing that themselves. The, the shaky cam yeah. stuff? Well, no, no. One, one of them was doing the stunt stuff. The other one was doing the actual directing. Oh, sure, sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes you can split it up where you can just hand off your action stuff to a second AD yeah. and then the director's not even there. It's just like, just make it fit my style or you have people or, who are or, like, I'm in it with you. Or make it fit your style. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I want your action. I want your <laughs> stuff, yeah, and I'll do everything else to fit you. Yeah. Um, or you have people like, uh, like I love this description of Quentin Tarantino when he makes movies because he has the same thing set yeah. up and all that, right? And he has people there for his action stuff but then when he, when it's time to shoot that stuff, 
he is there on set. And there's one description of him shooting, I think it was Kill Bill, talking about how it was just a shot of a car peeling away, and the camera was low to the ground, and it was just, like, peeling out dirt was hitting the camera. Hitting the cam- camera lens. That's, it was just a close-up shot. That's something you so often hand off to a second AD, a third AD. Shooting it somewhere in a parking lot somewhere in Reseda yeah. uh, while you're off making your movie. Um, not not Tarantino. He was there. <laughs> he's, he's behind the camera getting hit in the face with dirt. It's like, yes, yes, more, more. <laughs> He's doing it himself. So uh, it is for sure up to the filmmaker. Uh, reading interviews with Kathy Yan, she for sure seemed like she was um, there with uh, the second AD unit designing stuff and working on it and uh, learning from each other. And yeah. I, think it, I think it works. So... Um, Movie as a whole, going into it, drew expectations. I think were pretty tempered, right? Uh, I mean, what do you think? I, I was hoping that it was going to be good. I definitely but wanted it to be I, good. I was definitely ready for it to be let down because you know DC. It's DC. Their track record has been spotty. It, I mean, I, I was. I seriously, I thought it was just going to be. You know, uh, was it going to be another Suicide Squad? Exa- exactly, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Dose. I will give you uh, some Suicide Squad ish criticisms. Of okay. the movie, I thought it was a little too needle droppy. Okay, you know mm-hmm. um, when you have one action sequence, and there uses like three different song cues yeah. in the same action sequence. We haven't even changed locations or anything. It's like you're editing for a trailer. Mm-hmm. You're not making a movie here. Suicide Squad was that the entire time. Yeah. It was bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad, yeah. bad. This was just like moments, like a few scenes where I was like, "There's a little too over all over the place." With using pre-existing music. And then towards the end of the movie, when they were doing action scenes, or when it was ramping up towards the end, and then they are going more with like an actual score, it sounded like. It's still like a rock score, like mm-hmm. a, a, you know, like a more modern music score, as opposed to like orchestra or whatever. But when it, it sounded like more repeating themes, I felt like the movie was uh, working better than it was. I was like, oh, okay, let's get to a, ooh, a barracuda, which is fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the, the hell out of a barracuda needle drop. But when it's preceded by five other ones, yeah, it's like, come on, you're kind of taking the sting out of this one when it just keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. Um, but to be honest, Drew, I think that's my one only real outright criticism of the movie. Okay, can you think of anything? What did you? Is there something there that you're like, I don't know about this? I mean, it it was. It's probably the one of the better DC movies. I think so. I think so. I think Definitely. It's very enjoyable. The uh, story is fine. Well, I mean, the, the story is fine. I mean, the story is simple. It's Harley Quinn, uh, when she breaks up with Joker, yeah. she loses her protection. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's, and she gets crazy. And her own killer. It's John Wick 3. You, you, you and McGregor was great. He seemed to be enjoying himself. <laughs> he, he looked like he, he looked like he was having a good time. He looked like he wanted to take home every suit he wore. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, Samuel Jackson has that written into, like, a lot of his contracts and stuff. Where when he the does things, mine. the clothes are mine. <laughs> I take home the clothes. Uh, who I was listening to someone doing some sort of podcast where they're like, I co-hosted um, the Spike Video Game Awards with him because he's a huge gamer. He wrote into his contract, every outfit I wear on your show, I keep. And then he had written to the show seven outfit changes in like an hour. <laughs> and uh, and then he said, I want like every game, every console, everything that's being it. represented. I want it. I, I want to copy of everything. Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. He's so smart. Anyway, uh, if you McGregor, if he has the same agent, yeah. you took him all, all those masks. <laughs> <laughs> all that shit. All that shit. I take it on too. Yeah. Uh, I like the mask. I like the big bulky mask. Yeah. It's, it, I like, because in the comic, it's like on, it's. 
practically his skin. Yeah. It looks like he's like a red skull looking guy. Mm-hmm. But is he? Is it an actual mask though? In the comic, I mean, do you in know? the comics, it probably is. But because you know, because it's a comic, the way book, you can draw, yeah, it. yeah. So just make, draw his yeah. face uh, black with some hard lines in there, mm-hmm. and it looks cool. And this is just a crazy looking mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was so over the top. I will say this though: uh, when he started, his first moments like in the in his club, yeah, the Black Mask Club, I think it was mm-hmm. called, right, right on the nose, and. Uh, Harley Quinn causes a ruckus. She's drunk and causing shit. And um, he's like, hey, everyone loves a bit of drama. What's a party without some drama is a yeah. line like that. And when he said that line, I was like, oh, they're letting <laughs> him use his um, his Scottish accent yeah. in this one. This is yeah. fascinating. And then his next thing, he kept talking. It's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> he's trying to do an American accent yeah. this thing. Yeah. And it's like, uh. It's a, whatever. He's on the list of guys. It's kind of, it's a flat spotty type thing. Everybody really went for it, which, which yeah. helped because the movie was fucking bananas it's a bonkers movie man it's so yeah. over the top design wise it's uh, uh so, production design is crazy well, lots of pretty colors crazy colorful lots of violence very violent um which then made me i was i guess because you don't even though it's an anti-hero no harley quinn she's a bad person right it's just even though it's her story it just happens to be her story but she's a bad guy even then and it's r-rated movie I guess you don't want your hero to, to go into a police department and just kill a bunch of cops because <laughs> she raids a police department with beanbag guns, yes. uh, which we see in the trailer. It will be beanbags, gas, and sparkle and, bombs. And, and, yeah, sparkle bombs. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. It, was, it looked great. Yeah. It looked amazing. But apparently the guy, it was the one Gotham PD precinct that's unarmed. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. She walks into a room with like there's like five dudes in yeah. there and she points her non lethal weapon at them and their their arms are up they're scared as hell. <laughs> she walks out of the room like, Oh thank god she left. Shoot the bitch. Yeah. That's you know that's the police well, I mean, uh, normal on. police mentality. Yes, exactly. Well th- these are comic pol- book. Th- these are policemen in the comic book the, world. Th- th- these are comic books. <laughs> Even Christopher Nolan's Gotham PD, they were g- guns crazy. Yeah. Which made after the Aurora thing, I was like, Well, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> there's a lot of guns in this fucking Batman movie. <laughs> Um. Yeah, man, it's, it was fun, exciting. Uh, Margot Robbie is uh, obviously relishing doing this thing. Well, uh, I mean, she's the perfect Holly Quinn. Mm. So, I mean, you know, David when, David Ayer is he, is he responsible when, for that? When people so, sometimes people get cast as comic book characters, and it's just like the most perfect thing of all time. It's like, oh, Ron Perlman was born to play Hellboy. I see it now. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. <laughs> Was I mean that that perfect? It, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, her as Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, it's you know? crazy. We still have yet to get the idea, the perfect Batman. I think. Not perfect? No. Yeah, we've gotten we've, great. We've Batman. Got, we we have gotten a lot of very good Batman, but we have not got a perfect Batman. We've yet to get someone who's been like, man, this guy was born for this. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and I and I love Pattinson. I don't think yeah, it's yeah. gonna be him either. And, but I mean, some people just have it. Some people have it for the role yeah. for it. That some people get that, I mean, like I'll get that. I think, especially see with Wonder Woman eighty four. But I mean, I, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think she's really inhabiting that one in an amazing way. Yeah, yeah. Chris Evans is surprising as Captain America. Like, damn, I'm mean, gonna He just got. So, I didn't. I forgot. This guy is Captain America. How this happened? Well, I, he was. He wasn't Johnny Storm, so he wasn't. They tried it. He wasn't Johnny Storm. Michael B. Jordan was a better Johnny Storm in yeah. a worse, in a somehow a worse movie. How did that happen, Josh Trank? Yeah, yeah. So, um. Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. No, it was great. Oh, uh, without spoilers or anything, the, the details, the 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 Huntress character, the that whole evolution that, was of that fun. character yes. was very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, towards the end, where she uh, she co- sort of like finally explains her deal, 
and it's like, oh, I get it now. She's been in her own movie. Yeah, this, this entire whole time, time and, and happening on the side. Yes, yeah. that we're not watching. That we're not watching. It's like in Cloverfield where uh, the kids that were following on the camera they get dragged through. They that some soldiers grab them and they take them through the HQ. And there's all these people. We gotta do this. They call the military. Like they're running through the actual Cloverfield movie. Yeah. <laughs> that someone's watching in another dimension, and then we're watching the movie of like the side characters doing yeah. this other shit while it's happening. Um, she is in another movie, and yeah. then she like joins up with them at the end. Every once in a while. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah, every once in a while, and then at the end, she's like, okay, now I'm in your movie. <laughs> and then she's like, still, like, this character is weird. Uh, I enjoyed her. I thought she was great. Um, yeah, man, it's a really fun movie. I think DC is really benefiting from ignoring, trying to connect to everything, trying to have an extended universe and just... Just make this movie. Just let it be its thing. Yeah. Its own style. Its own story. Well, and and that's the thing, too. Like, they managed to make a full-fledged movie mm. about Batman side characters that didn't include Batman. Not at all. Reference which, them once which, in voiceover. Which was smart. Mm. Well, reference them once in voiceover and uh, in the uh, in Just, the trailer, uh, yeah. she uses the thing. I named him Bruce because of that, that hunky Wayne guy. Yeah, yeah. They say it again, right? And then at one point, she... Gives a big recap. She's like, blah, 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 blah. So that's my Batman. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, Batman is supposed to be in this thing. Too. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it's smart because that's the way they do it in the comic books. It is. Like, not, especially nowadays when side characters have become their own thing. There is a Birds of Prey book series. Exactly. Gail Simone, a uh, very popular, very successful writer, also comic book writer. She wrote Birds of Prey for a while and developed those characters a lot. And she uh, was not shy about going online and being like, I'm scared. I'm very defensive of my characters and I'm scared that they're going to fuck it up. Mm -hmm. And while she has been like saying that she liked the movie and she liked what she did, she has said that she feels like they fucked up. Not fucked up, but it's a missed opportunity with the Cassandra Kane Cade, the the little Little Asian girl who was a pickpocket. Yeah. She's like, they, they, it's different from my character, and they should have just named her something different. I don't know why they did that. It was a real missed opportunity, but otherwise, she was happy with what they did with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always interesting when, like, a creator of something is honest. They yeah. don't just collect the Stephen King style, collect the paycheck, say, it's great, it's great, you're going to love it. Then after the movie comes up, like, yeah, I knew it had problems. Yeah, it was garbage. <laughs> I knew it was going to be garbage, but you know, I but got paid. I, I got paid to tell you that it was going to be. Yeah, good. you cannot trust Stephen <laughs> King at all when he is like, "This is this is a good adaptation." I swear, it's like I don't know, buddy. You Fuck say that you, about dude. <laughs> literally everything. Um, Birds of prey. I'm trying to think if there's anything that uh, I really, I really like how it's under two hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They, they did not overstay their welcome at all. No, the, I mean... They showed up, kicked ass, and left. The, the new norm for comic book movies really should be like an hour 40. It really should be, entertain us and don't stress us out with these super long movies no. anymore. Guys, come on. Rus- I mean, the Russo Mar- brothers uh, with their... I mean, the Marvel movies are great, but they are long. Yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp doesn't have to be over two hours. Was it over two hours? Probably. It shouldn't be. It probably wasn't. Um... And, uh, you know, Rosie Perez is fun in it. Uh, uh... And then this girl who's Black Canary, she was her first uh, real big thing. I think she was from TV. She's fine. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. Um, 
And like you said, everyone just goes for it. Oh, yeah. who was this guy that was Zaz? Oh, Victor Zaz. Yeah, this is a fun Zaz. Oh, this is a great. This is the best Zaz of them yeah. all by far. And also, let's bring up the R ratedness of the that movie. Guy, I, I've seen him in other things. It's it's very it's very R rated in terms of uh, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of Ooh. bones get broken. There's a decent amount of blood, skin violence, and there's some well at least one scene of some really gross skin violence. Uh, de-skinning that's like whoa <laughs> like oh this was I wasn't no one was R-rated I still wasn't expecting this um but outside of that there's not the, the violence itself isn't that unpleasant and uh, you know, in terms of like gore or anything there's not really any sexual stuff probably cause it is uh, directed by a woman uh, so the sexual innuendos and whatnot are very minimal uh, but there is a ton of cussing Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're worried about the the little virgin ears of your kids, that Vic, may be a problem. Victor Zaz was Christmas Cena. He's been in things. Christmas, Chris, Messina. Messina. Okay, because you said Christmas Cena. <laughs> I was like, is that John Cena's holiday brother? His he's, holiday uh, alter ego? He's been in things. Okay, he's been working since for a while now. Ooh, the nineties. Okay, he's a nineties guy. He's a nineties late nineties. He started in the late 90s. Well, cr- Christmas Cena did a, <laughs> did a great job. As Victor Zaz. As Victor Zaz. Um, Christmas Cena. Yeah, it's John. When John Cena, when he goes and visits kids at charity hospitals, he puts on a Santa outfit. And he's like, hey, kids, it's me, Christmas Cena. What do you want this Christmas? And they're like, uh, uh, to finish my chemo treatment. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I can't help you. How about a train? Um, I think if you're on the fence about seeing this movie, you should go see it. If you saw the trailer and thought that it looked bad or dumb, uh, then the, the you, trailer mismarketed to you because you'll be surprised. It was actually, uh, had jokes. It was fun. Had some surprises. A surprise at the end of the movie. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that, both of us. That, you that, laughed out loud. Yeah, I actually, yeah, yeah, I did. That was that, that was a yeah. That was fucking crazy. Yeah, you, you gave, <laughs> I, I was not expecting that. You gave it a <laughs> very loud. It was very funny. So, it was yeah, good. It was fun. That was fun. It was an enjoyable film. Um, and uh, this is an interesting thing. So now uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, oh, and she got to use some of her uh, Tony Harding ice skating skills when he slapped yes. some roller skates, skates on her. On her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the she will be playing the same character for three different directors. Good. Because uh, David Ayer was Suicide Squid. Uh, this is Kathy Ann. Mm-hmm. And, and then the Gunn. Suicide Squad yeah. is uh, Jimmy Gunn. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what James Gunn does with the character. Yeah. And, and how they explore her in a different way, what aspect they choose. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. that was just like. Which Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. It's an enjoyable. Uh, almost movie experiment to see it done over a few films like that with different directors. Um, so that was it. That was a new movie we saw for the week, right? That was it. Yeah, that was it. Birds mm-hmm. of Prey. So uh, let's get into our media diets. I think I mentioned last week. I'm reading before they are hanged, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. So I'm about halfway Still. through. About halfway through it now. About 500 page books. So I'm on like 250. Uh, Action packed. This book, man, packed. People are getting fucked up. Word. It is it is wild? It is violent? It is. Uh, a little sexy. It's very dangerous, and I'm super into it. It's well written in a way that I'm like, I'm fascinated by how because chapter to chapter it switches POVs of people, uh, and we're essentially in the first book we we're following like five people. Okay, but it's still a cast of like twenty, twenty five. Yeah. 
Um, and then now in this book, like a bunch of those people came together. So now you're in a chapter and it's like a, you're following a storyline, but from different POVs. It's really cool. Uh, um, the battles are fucking crazy and the weapons and uh, the description of this one dude, the one dude suffering from the aftermath of getting hit in the face with a mace, but living and then having to like try and uh, like just ugh. live with crushed face, ugh. the form <laughs> face man. Ugh. <laughs> Man, it's it's so, it's, it's wild. So, uh, when's it going to be optioned for TV and or movies? I mean, in two thousand, <laughs> it's got to be soonish. It's got to be soonish. Uh, I got uh, I got the cast, part of the cast in my head. It's a good cast. Mm-hmm. HBO hit me up. I'll tell you who you should cast. <laughs> um, I can't stop listening to random Access Memories this week. The Daft Punk. No. When did that come out? Like two thousand nine. Long time. Two thousand ten. Yeah. It's been like ten years now. Yeah. They haven't put out anything since. Yeah, no. Right. At least not that I'm aware of. They have. Unless they've done like not, not, maybe a single or something, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pre or post Tron Legacy. That was post Tron Legacy. Um, yeah, I just go through periods where I put it on and listen to it every now and then, and then I, I put it away. Uh, yeah, it. and then I put it away for a while, and then I pick it up again. So I'm going through it. I just got start to finish. When I first was listening to it, there were only a few songs I liked. Now it's just on start to finish. It's so good. It just. There's something about it. it makes me feel good. Um, I'm caught up on The Outsider. Cool, and? It's fucking fantastic. It's fucking wacky, isn't yeah, it? That's crazy shit, man. Very Stephen King, um, but in great way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can, be, you can do Stephen King in a bad way. It's definitely one of the better adaptations. Yeah. It's uh, uh, intense as shit. You know, very, oh, yeah. very like the score's like, wow, wow, like, oh my god, what's happening? And the camera's just pushing super slow. And like, what am I supposed to be looking at? And then you finally see a guy in the background, like, oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? Um, Bateman's great in that first episode. Yeah, he's really good he is. in the in the dual role mm-hmm. thing that he's doing. Yeah. And um, Patty Considine, international cast. He got Englishman Patty Considine as yep. the uh, the strip club guy. Yes, Australian. Hashtag the Bendelson. Yes. Doing great work. Uh, there was something else. I thought there was something the, else. the redhead lady. She's been in a lot of stuff. The redhead lady. Which redhead The wife. Lady? Oh, his Baby's wife. His wife. Oh, uh, she was uh, Molly in Deadwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I was like, whoa, this chick's great from Deadwood is how I remember. Great cast. Very cool. Interesting show. Very intrigued. Cynthia Erivo is great. I love the little subplot with her and that uh the security that detective turned mall cop. Yeah, I love that subplot. <laughs> so funny. Um, oh, and the guy who plays the lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's good. What's his name? God, that guy's great. <laughs> he's always great, and he's so good in this. Very well acted. Very very creepily directed. Uh, very little that uh to to knock about. It. I think it's yeah. uh, I I mean, you know I mean you know since it's been on you've been saying like oh it's really good. It just get, it just gets crazier and crazier. It's getting crazier and every weirder. Single episode they keep introducing a new thing like what the <laughs> what fuck? is this? Um, like what's going on with that dude in the forest? Like what is all that shit? Yeah, what's yeah? Like what's happening? All that stuff. <laughs> and he's like, you don't like this lamp? <laughs> what's that? What's it? And, and is that and that smear face guy right? It's got to be. Who's apparently old, is. or is it just the princess? Okay, anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see where the show is going. What what, <laughs> what are new episodes? Every Sunday. It's Sunday. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna have to watch it tomorrow. I guess. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching the Oscars. 
Um, great, great show. Very enjoyable. I'm definitely glad. And, and it's one of these things where people have been saying, yeah, like, it's good, it's good, but it's like, I don't know. I don't think people have been emphasizing how good it really is. Yeah. I think it's actually very, very... It is. It's very good. I think it's very, very good. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. Um, so that's my media diet, essentially, for a week. What about you, buddy? Uh, I also watched The Outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you caught up on that as well. Uh, ne- next episode of Avenue 5 was oh, movie... So it's just okay. It's a comedy. You gotta give it... Yeah. Almost, you almost have to give it, unfortunately, like, a season. I know. I mean, I'm going to keep watching yeah, it, but it, right tough. now it's just okay. Hey, you know, good for you for, mm-hmm. for jumping on this one early and, and giving it a shot. Uh, finished BoJack Season 6, so final episode. Did it make you cry? Say what? Did it make you cry? No, but it was very poignant, self-aware, and it ended on top, even though, I mean, BoJack, it, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, they did it, I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. Sure, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fresh but, out there. It's still newish. No, yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's very, good. Very cool. Yeah. That reminds me because it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. As of today, season four of Better Call Saul is out. So if you're looking to catch up on that before season five debuts at the end of the even, month, I don't even know where I fucking left off on that show. You, I think you have left off like two seasons ago. You yeah. didn't really follow it, but for listeners, I'm just saying that really for listeners because I. Um, last season it was like almost over before I even realized like oh shit it's on TV <laughs> uh, I was like damn it now I gotta wait I gotta wait for the next season debut before they put it out which is what they always do yeah. so it's about, it's happening now the, the wait is over Chris alright so BoJack Avenue 5 and then The Outsider which we just spoke about yep anything else you uh, I also watched two awful action movies alright here yes. we go exciting uh, I love action so one of on just watch it's called Bastille Day but on Amazon it's actually called The Take okay that's an Idris Elba movie Idris Elba and and uh, Rob Stark from Game of Thrones uh, Richard Madden whatever his name is Richard Madden yeah it, it's, it's in Rocket Man in uh, 1917 yeah yeah it, it was no, not good no not good what no, kind of action movie is it it's a very mediocre European action movie uh are we is it a, a heist movie a cia cia uh, thing yeah CIA it, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a director video seagal type C- of thing C- it's a cia meets uh uh pickpocket so like imagine like a better casting would be any action star in ryan reynolds and then mm-hmm. get, let somebody else take another grab at the script but the idea is there okay so it's uh a pickpocket gets embroiled in some sort of espi- picks the wrong thing yeah Almost a birds of prey type. Yeah. That's a very simple setup. It's it easy to do yeah. that. The wrong person takes the wrong thing, gets embroiled in the fuck up yep. in some fuckery. Um, yeah, it does sound like a Seagal yep. direct video. Wasn't right. very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then also uh, American Assassin that came out in theaters a couple years ago. Um, is that the American Assassin? Is that the the, the Jesse Eisenberg one? No, it's the one no, with that's American. Uh, it's the one with else. the kid from the. Uh, oh God. It's not a girl. Uh, the Maze Runner. Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien? Yes. Dylan O'Brien. The, it's the Maze Runner guy with a he, beard. He has a beard. And it's Michael uh, Keaton. Michael Keaton. He is like, uh, he trains him or something yeah. out in the, de- in, Michael, the oh, in the wilderness. One of the guys that is actually in like, ha- Scott Atkins is in half the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how you know it should have been directed video. <laughs> Scott and, Atkins is the king of directed video. And also, uh, Ukrainian uh, Ben Far- Affleck. Uh, Farouk from Legion. Navid oh, really? Negabon, he plays, he's only in like a handful of scenes, but he's like one of the bad guys. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So. Yeah, it, I don't know if I've ever noticed the, him the, anything the, else. The cast was actually surprisingly good for such a bad action movie. Was that a CBS <laughs> Films? Did it say CBS Films I, when it started? I don't even you know remember. remember. No. Because they make 
CBS Films makes like the worst movies, but they get them in theaters because they have the money. Yeah, um, I don't know how it got. It definitely should have been totally direct to video. American Assassin. That is so awesome that you watched it. But, yeah, but it was nice. It was under two hours. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was like Michael Keaton, whatever. Then when I saw Scott Atkins and mm-hmm. fucking the dude from Legion, I was like, okay, this is sure. at least this is tolerable now. Yeah, sure. I've seen it. I mean, like at my parents' house, I watch a bed. Like, oh, I think it's a Nick Cage movie. Whatever. Yeah, but you're watching the Astro. Yep. <laughs> with you guys and watch this shit. Um, okay, the Take and American Assassin. You watch those both on Amazon Prime. I think said? I think one of them might have been on Netflix. One of them might have been on Amazon. I don't remember. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Oh, uh, and I wanted to, but I didn't get a start. Did you? Do you know about them? Uh, HBO the McMillions thing. Yes, I 100% know about it, and, okay. I, and I'm thinking about waiting because it's like five or six episodes. Yeah, waiting and then binging the whole thing. Yeah, and just crushing it. Um, I can sort of I I have a feeling. I already know the story. I know the story too, and I have a feeling that I know where they're gonna the big reveal for the last episode. No. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler alert: big reveal for the last episode. The news broke in the media and was headline news all around the country. September 10th, 2001. <laughs> and, so, then the, so, yeah. and then yeah, the next and, day and the next day was September 11th, and everybody forgot about it. It was <laughs> it was news reset. Everything that happened yeah. before that day didn't matter anymore. anymore. Uh, yeah. That Gary Condon thing was. Like one of his aides went missing, and he was suspected. doesn't matter. It's gone because it was so fresh. Gone, wild shit. That McMillan story is wild, and it's wild how it's like it was one dude. Yeah. McDonald's mistake was trusting everything to one guy who would literally have a the million dollar piece go to like a distribution center somewhere in the country, fly there, and then uh, he would like insert the piece. He would attach it to the packaging or not. Then he one day he realized I don't have to attach these. I can just give them to friends. Then they can claim them. Um, and it got to the point, Drew, where he was handing out so many million dollar pieces that they were his friends would flush them down the toilet. Yeah, he was like, I can't claim another one of these. They're gonna suspect something. You're gonna get us in trouble. You <laughs> he's moron. Like, he's like, Nah, bro, it's cool. Nah, bro, it's cool, dude. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking forward. It's to hilarious. It. Yeah, the story is fantastic. If you don't know the story, do yourself a favor. Don't look it up. And just watch the HBO thing because you. I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, I'm sure. Cause, I'm cause sure the it's way super they, well presented. Because the way they present it all dramatically and whatnot, yeah. it'll fucking blow your mind. And they got McDonald's agreed to do it because they're like, we have to let people know that yeah. we were not complicit in this. No, so they, we have a representative yeah. there to be interviewed and stuff. They were completely transparent. It's very funny. They had, um, no, had no other option. <laughs> yeah, truly. If they wanted to come out on top of it. And. Um, there's an accompanying podcast, the McMillions podcast, people can listen to for more information. And I think there's also a actual uh, movie in the works. Cool. Yeah. Like at the I mean, it's, it, it's bonkers. It's a wild story. <laughs> it's a wild story. I, yeah. I can't remember where it was. It Vulture or Vox? Not Vulture. Atlantic Monthly? I don't know. Um, you, uh, it just hit me. I remembered. I did rewatch something this week that I haven't seen in a long time. And uh, it was one of those things where, like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're in college, you see certain movies, I was like, this is so over my head. Yeah. Then you rewatch them later. I mean, like, like we said earlier, Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black is a great example. <laughs> um, I did, <clears throat> it's on Crackle, I believe, uh, that people should, uh, they should have that. Don't Look Now. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Don't Look Now is a, uh, all our um, old school horror fans, like Billy Dee's nodding his head mm-hmm. right now, yeah. Um, uh, Alex at Hercules Dagger he's on his head he's like yes 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 don't look now of course um, horror classic from the 70s uh, actually he's an Australian guy Nick Rogue is this director writer director 
It's uh, Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. They're a couple who um, uh, they the daughter their daughter dies very early on in the movie, uh, like in the beginning of the movie. Daughter dies, so it's a lot of grief in this kind of like a you know outsider. How it's about grief and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that they have a lot of grief and try and get over it. And then it's like a year later, um, while they're he's on a job restoring a church in Venice in Italy. Uh, she runs into these women who one of them claims to be a psychic, like communicating with uh, the dead, so communicates with the daughter. Uh, but then he, the uh, Donald Sutherland, he's getting like he sees things, he's getting weird visions, and uh, then it all adds up to like a crazy thing at the end. It's a type of movie where it's all about the mood of it and the mm-hmm. atmosphere and like the what the fuckedness of it all, yeah. and that's really well done. So at the time when I watched it younger, I was like. You know the plot. I needed a, a you needed straight, something. I needed A B C D. Give me the story, yeah. uh, traditional storytelling. This does not want to do that at all. Instead, it does crazy editing, which uh, feels now more in line with what you'd see now. The the, the subliminal editing at the time mm-hmm. it was like revolutionary in yeah. the seventies, and then also a really uh, intense sex scene between Sutherland and Christie that is like fully nude. A lot of like really well framed shots of them just their their groins just smashed Smack together <laughs> just smushed together and then the way they're rolling around it's it got to the point where it's been rumored for for decades now that they actually had sex in that scene mm-hmm. that, that's how into it they were how intense that scene was so this movie itself for a while is just notorious for that sex scene mm-hmm. uh but the movie itself is like really extremely well done and then when it all comes together at the end you're like whoa I, I see now that's wild cool it's good stuff don't yeah. look now so people should watch it I'll put it out there for people to watch oh, or to rewatch you haven't seen it in a while remind yourself of how wild it is um okay I think it's time to take a break alright okay so uh we're gonna stop and then we're gonna come back with I don't know if I have an email for you but we do have questions in our Facebook Okay. Thread. Uh, so I got those questions. I have some news stories. And I think that'll do it. So here we go, guys. We will be right back in just a few moments. y'all back what is up cinema crespediso is doing that thing where we talk inside your ears or in the background while you do laundry Drew Cogburn Chris Cresswell where can people find you online at NTR419 Facebook and Instagram follow Drew Cogburn on Twitter it's not me but do it though we finally broke 50 51 okay. followers I think last I checked at Drew Cogburn on Twitter so let's get that account a little higher <laughs> it's not my problem Chris yeah, but uh, it's you, though. It's not. It's an extension of you. It's an extension of your personality, of your online <laughs> persona. It's your podcasting id. Uh, come to life. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Digitally, it has. It happened. Yeah, it we did. became sentient. Yeah. And, uh, and fortunately, right now, it, it craves nothing more than a, a couple of followers and maybe a retweet or two. <laughs> Hopefully, we won't ask for more in the future. <laughs> Depends on how powerful it gets. No, once again, it's not my problem. 
Not now. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I mean, eventually I could just be like, don't follow that Chester Cogburn. It gets too crazy. It gets too crazy. <laughs> but then at that point, will they listen to you anymore? <laughs> like, no. I mean, the, we the, must follow. The account doesn't listen to me anyway, so. That's right. It doesn't. But it does, though. <laughs> does it? Because it repeats <laughs> things you say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have Twitter. I don't follow it, Chris. I couldn't tell you. I know. That's why it's unchecked. <laughs> it's running rampant. Uh, follow me on Twitter at I am Chris Cresso. That is me. So uh, follow me, tweet me. I'll tweet you back. Uh, the Facebook group Cinema Crespity. So Instagram Cinema Crespity. So on Twitter at Crespity. So Patreon.com slash Cinema Crespity. So Chris Crespo.com, PFT Media.com. Uh, we got a PFT Media event coming up. I hear it's a rumor. I think I don't know. I mean, it's not maybe, like there's perhaps. not like there's a Facebook group or a page or um, anything available out there. But last I heard, February 29 at the Mills Gallery, we'll be doing an event. Uh, there'll be stand-up comedy, ten dollar ticket, uh, recess pizza. will be on site slinging pizzas. Um, Sweet, I'll finally get to get some recess pizza. Hell yeah, I can't wait to give me some recess pizza. And uh, Will's Pub will be providing cash bar services, so show with some money to buy some pizzas and some drinks and uh, check out some comedy and hang out with PFT people um, from 6 to 10 p.m. Weep Day, February 29 at Mills Gallery. I've been doing that for the last few weeks. <laughs> so it, does that mean every four years we'll have to have that event again? No, it's not a leap year event. We're just doing <laughs> on leap year on that day because it's like it's an easy day to remember and it's a Saturday. I think it'd be funny to have leap year event. A leap year event? <laughs> God, if I'm in the same boat four years from now, God. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> It'll give you a chance to uh, look back on your life and wonder what the fuck oh, went boy. wrong. When that, when that four-year <laughs> time hop memory thing comes up, like, God damn it. Smoke weed every day. Uh, okay, so you can email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and we'll read them on the show, just like this. Drew's a guy, we're taking away. Email? You didn't tell me about emails. Oh, because there are no emails. <laughs> Take that. There are no emails, but that's fine. You know, I say email us. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. You don't have to. Um, another way you can c- communicate with us now, we just started to do this uh, Facebook group comment thread. Uh, we paste it to the top of the to the group, and you can comment there, and we can read that. The idea of the comment thread is that it can be a quick question, a question, a sentence or two, or a topic, or something like that. Or a paragraph. If not, if you want to do like a paragraph... CinemaCrestWeeds.gmail.com <laughs> Emails are good for longer things. Comments are good for shorter things. But anyway, I don't know. Your, your words are getting on the show, so that's what really matters. Who's the Cogburn? What comments do we have? Uh, also, we're not going to read all the comments because some of your comments are trash. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> From Gabe. What's up, Gabe? Uh, last night I put on Blade Runner and I dozed off. Nice. So it was low volume and captions. I once recommended it to a friend. I thought he would like it. Uh, and he absolutely hated it. Mm. I love it. Because the movie is cerebral with its word world building. Yep. I've never read the book, so you have to pay attention to dialogue. Mm-hmm. Plus, some cool practical slash visual effects that were, at the time, innovative. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to rank these kind of abstract, slower, minimal action cerebral movies like a top five or worst or to best. Okay. Rank and discuss. Here we go. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Enemy. Enemy. Upstream Color. Upstream Color. 2001 Space Odyssey. Whoa. And Ex Machina. 
Man, you throw in heavy hitters in there with some like recent boys. He I mean, yeah, those are do the, that. Th- those are very that's cerebral sci-fi. That is some cerebral fun I mean, sci-fi. You could add in Blade Runner twenty forty nine to that mix. Obviously, oh, God, so good. One of the best movies of the last decade. Um, decade. I'm gonna have to say, at least for me personally, well. Drew. I'm, tr- I, I'm trying to think what other crazy sci-fi movies you could add to that. List. To this this particular of, of cerebral uh, uh, world building. Uh, light on the action. Uh, Interstellar's kind of like that. It's heavy on the world building. His world building, but that is, yeah, yeah, that, that is in the world of two thousand one, a space odyssey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, you could you could throw Interstellar in there for sure. Um, well, of the five that he provided to us, I'm gonna go ahead and even though it's the Nivel Nueve, I'll go ahead and put Enemy at the bottom. I love okay. Enemy. I think it's very good, but it's it just is. a basic double movie. Um, came out around the same time as. The double with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, that was... It's so weird how movies do that sometimes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They're both different, but both very yeah. similar. The double is uh, actually... Uh, Fyodor... Fjord, 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 Tosievsky. How do you say the guy's name? The Crime and Punishment fellow. Yeah. He, uh, you know, brother is Karamazov. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, it's an adaptation of that. But, um... Uh, so, I'm, Enemy's great. I'm gonna go ahead and just put it on the bottom because that's easy. Mm-hmm. Did I think to put it at the top because it's easy... Blade Runner, because it's so influential. I mean, yeah, design wise. Yeah, I mean, I, you remember when we saw that the piece of the giant built the, 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 the Tyrell building, yeah. the Tyrell Corporation <laughs> building at the the museum, uh, museum of the Moving Image. Yeah, God, yeah. That was so and cool. You, you saw the see, diodes. The, the great was seeing the back of it when it was yeah. just it's all wires and diodes. Yeah, and yeah. Fucking that's crazy so cool. nonsense. Like, oh man, I was, oh yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, it was like four feet tall, three and yeah. a half feet tall. The I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna say Blade Runner 2001. Uh, Ex Machina, what? Upstream color. Upstream color. Ex Machina. Uh, 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 enemy. Go, Drew. Uh, yeah, so top to bottom. Is that what we're doing? Top to bottom. Blade Runner. Ex Machina. 2001. Upstream color. Enemy. There you go. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Upstream color is a tough one. You can't just drop that on people. You have to want. You have to want that movie. You have to watch it at least twice. You have to watch it at least twice, and probably read a couple articles. Look for articles, or or your thing. Read my article, <laughs> or just look up the movie posters. Literally, seriously, just look at the movie yeah. posters. They, they're little diagrams on there. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he had no oh, man. That's a tough one. You have to want it. All right. Uh, Thanks, Gabe. We appreciate it. Cromella's got one. What's up, Cromella? Uh, the Outsider on HBO has been pretty good. Yeah. What is your favorite Stephen King movie? Shawshank Redemption and The Shining are not choices. Okay. I think I might have to go Firestarter with an amazing Tangerine Dream movie score and terrific Drew Barrymore performance in an upset over the Dead Zone directed by David Cronenberg. Hmm. Gerald's Game is a super twisted movie. I wish more people had watched. That's because it's a Netflix one, so it got lost in a Netflix shuffle. Uh, another one that... Name Stephen King movies for me, Chris. Okay. Because I, I don't read Stephen King, so... Okay. Uh, Carrie. Uh, Christine. Uh, Cujo. Um, he said No Shining and No Shawshank. The Dead Zone, like he said. Um, and then, like, he... What was when he picked? Firestarter? That's yeah. a fun one. The director of Firestarter went on to do... Um, Commando. So Ooh. there you go. Um, Sleepwalkers. Um, the Lawnmower Man. Uh, he had his name taken off that. Um, Maximum Overdrive. Um, this is all 80s, 90s stuff. What's more recent? 
The Dark Tower. Yes. Uh, man, he's had so many. Tommy Knockers, I think, was made for TV with okay. uh, Jimmy Smith. It obviously made for yeah. TV and in theaters. Um, oh, wow, 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 wow. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I don't it. know what Stephen King, you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's all. All that is uh, Stephen yeah. King stuff. I mean, he has been so prolific writing wise that it's just been a, a boondoggle. Um, his adaptation of, uh, I think technically Running Man is sort of ba- loosely based on uh, a short story he did. Well, so far that's number one in my book. <laughs> would be Running Man if it's if it's if, true. If I mean, it's if, true, if, if I'm not fucking yeah. that up, uh-huh. um, because he did he has a short story called The Long Walk, and The Long Walk is uh, that's being made into a movie. I think coming out this year, and it's about a competition TV show in a dystopian America. Where it's almost like Battle Royale style. Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of fucked up kids. And they make them take this walk. And it, they just walk from one side of the country to the other. And they just start dropping. Mm-hmm. And then the last one standing wins. Uh, and in the story, the original short story. Which may actually be a Richard Bachman short story. His alter, his pen name. The um, the original short story, the guy who wins. uh he keeps walking because uh, at the end he's like hallucinating all fucked up and he's seeing like the ghost of his dead brother or something. He's like, yes, follow me. Come, <laughs> come. And he's like, yes. And just following yeah. him into like death or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, it, you want to put it higher up I mean, there it's on your pretty, list there? You I ever mean, see Cujo? Cujo's really well made. Cujo's, it's, it's 80s. But. Yeah, I mean, Cujo's good. It's just fucking Pet Killer Cemetery Dog. Is, yeah, Killer Dog. The, the newer Pet Cemetery was better than the old one, I, I think. agree with that. So. That, that. That's not a universal opinion, but I'm with you no. on that one. I think it's better than the old one. Um, ooh, you know what's a fun one? It's just fun. It's not even necessarily a good movie, but one of my favorites is uh, Graveyard Shift. Mm. It's from, like, the early 90s, and it's about a textile mill. A dude shows up in a fucked-up little town, and he just needs a job. So he gets a job at a textile mill, and they need to uh, clean up the basement. It's all... It's destroyed. It's fucked up down there. So he takes the Graveyard Shift with a couple other people working in this mill to clean it up. Living in this mill is some giant bat creature. It's just a giant bat that's like eating people, and uh, so it's a monster movie inside a textile mill. The Mist. Oh yeah, The Mist. There you go. There, that that definitely. Fra- Frank Darabont's The Mist. Another one based definitely, on a short story. Actually, graveyard black shift, and white version. Black and white version is fucking amazing. You that, can get that on that DVD. is that that is by far. That's the best version. I think Graveyard Shift and The Mist may even be in the same collection of short stories. Um. His books, Desperation and The Regulators, would make great movies. I think there was, for sure, actually, was made into, like, a sci-fi channel TV movie. That was not good. The Stand is another one. Mm. That's a TV movie uh, that they're readapting. No, TV miniseries, actually, and they're readapting that. So I'm looking forward to the new version of The Stand. Um, Misery's not bad. Misery's a fucking crazy movie. I mean, uh, Kathy Bates, like, that character is super iconic, uh, was super well loved when it came out. I mean, Stand By Me is still like one of those movies. Stand By Me, sure. You guys want to see a dead body? But no, for me, it, it's definitely going to be The Mist Black and White version. The Mist Black and White. The Mist Black and White. I'm throwing Graveyard Shift out there just for more people to check it out. But if I'm going to go with, let's watch a, a Stephen King movie that's not The Shining. Uh, or I guess Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, or Shawshank. Uh, or Green Mile is another one that uh, was very popular. Oh, okay. You know, he wrote Green Mile. Um, either for, if you want something that's batshit insane, actually, Drew, I've been thinking lately, I want to do a patreon.com slash so deep dive on 
Maximum Overdrive. That movie's nuts. It's, it, that movie is cocaine on celluloid. Yeah, pretty he, much. Stephen King has said he does not remember directing that movie. I mean, it's it, it's like, what if Transformers couldn't transform? Yes. What if cocaine couldn't cocaine? <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a, an insane movie made by a drug addict. Yeah. Um, so we need to do a whole episode on that for sure at some point in 2020. I would pick that if you're looking for something insane or if you're looking for like really well-made, creepy um, out there. He, Carmel already mentioned in his post, um, uh, David Cronenberg is the Dead Zone mm-hmm. with Christopher Walken. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's readily available out there on streaming services for and, people to watch if you haven't seen it. And the, the TV movie Thinner is fucking bonkers. I, as well. Actually, I think it was a, came to theaters. The, was thinner, it? yeah. That movie is, thinner is so crazy. nuts. The makeup on that guy. The, makeup, I, the fat makeup is funny, but I, the thin makeup is like, whoa. I've seen, yeah, I used to watch. I used to watch that on TV when I was a kid. Yeah, Thinner's a good If movie. I just needed to kill time, it's like, oh, Thinner's on, I can watch this. Uh, going Speaking of since you said made for TV, um, I have fond memories of Langoliers, which is bad. Yeah, no, it was bad. I do have fond memories have of fun, watching fun, it, though. I have fond memories of watching it. Um, it was also the first time I saw, because I didn't realize he was in Beverly Hills Cop, it was the first time I saw um, Balky Bartokamas, and he wasn't was Balky. Balky, yeah. yeah. I also, like, he doesn't have an accent in this. <laughs> I also remember it was one of the first things that I talked with people about, like, Me too. of my age. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards. Where they watched it, and I watched yeah. it, I was like, did you see that with the giant yeah. meatballs? Exactly. The, <laughs> the giant meatballs with the chainsaw teeth, what the hell is going on? <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah. Um, they did a, he wrote a book that got turned into a mini, like a three episode mini thing called uh, Storm of the Century. I mean, I like the, I like the idea, and even... The TV movie wasn't bad if it wasn't for the giant meatballs. Well, they just look bad no. because they, they went with computer animated, early 90s TV computer animation. Come on. No. Storm of the Century is about like a small town group of people stuck inside a, a, like a cabin or something during the Storm of the Century. And like some evil, some person was like evil incarnate, like the outsider. You know, some mm-hmm. evil made flesh shows yeah. up and just causes havoc. That's really good. Um... And then there was also an interesting, made by Mick Garris, who did a lot, a lot of horror stuff, a lot of TV stuff. Uh, he directed a more, quote, faithful adaptation of The Shining okay. on TV with um, the guy from Wings. Uh, Which one? Peter Weber, I think. Yeah. He's the one with the curly hair. Look up Peter Weber and show me an image of him. I think it's him. He's the one playing Jack Torrance. And uh, it's much one more. One or two. Uh, I think it's two B's. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, P E T B B E R. Peter. Well, now I'm trying to think. It's just the 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 other Weber was more pronounced. It came up on Google quicker. I'm sure it's. Uh, I mean, almost that right there. That was it. Almost had a heart attack right uh, there in front British of British director. No, not who I'm looking for. Well, then maybe it's the other guy, Stephen Weber. It's Stephen Weber. That's it. that's why, because it's not Peter. That's why, because everyone I heard, guys, I heard you at home screaming at me that it's Stephen Weber, not Peter. Thank you for yelling at me. The corrections, I appreciate the corrections. Oh, wait, I mean that's one of the guys yep. from Wings. Yep, Stephen Weber. Okay, he was Jack Torrance in the Mick Garris directed uh, three episode version, so six hours. Okay, made for TV. Sure, he had a lot of made for TV stuff in the nineties. That was his purview then, uh, I guess. Whatever. Uh, sorry, there you, there you go. Those are some Stephen King things. 
There's a, there's a little bit of Stephen King discussion for you. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Carmella asks. What's up, Carmella? Who are you and Drew wearing to the, for the Oscars tonight? Ooh, well, I'll be wearing um, my Target branded uh, Goodfellows for sure. Nice. Uh, uh, v neck with, um, uh, I think they're Hanes house shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'll that's what I'll be wearing as I. As I chug club soda and watch the Oscars. How about you, Drew? What will you uh, be wearing tonight to the uh, Oscars? Uh, I think I'm wearing... What are you wearing? It looks like some... I think uh, I'm wearing old old Navy jeans. O- old Navy. And uh, probably not this, so just a generic t-shirt. G- generic t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, very good. Not a easy. So like a, so like a Hanes brand, I think. Hanes, It might man. be. I don't know. It's just... Hanes is good. Hanes is quality stuff. I'm wearing a Henley, a Henley style shirt. I don't know if this is an actual... Right now. Um, all right, so that's it for the comment thread. Is that yep. it? So, guys, use the comment thread. We'll ask questions. We'll give you answers, or we'll, we'll go rambling, ramble, 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 rambling about topics. Uh, all right, let's pull up some uh, stories here, and then whatever stories we don't get to, we'll do on our bonus episode this week. Um, we never do this, but it's got to be noted just because it's a Golden Age star, one of the last of the Golden Age stars. Um, absolutely not a tragedy. Dead at the age of 103, Kirk Douglas. Uh, almost out of oh, the sun. Man, I was about to say I was gonna be. It was gonna be a real sad day if he. Had, if if Michael was Michael. dead, yeah, it was that, <laughs> would have been sad if Michael died of like that throat cancer comes back and Kirk Douglas is just uh, still chilling, a, a, a shambling, uh, incoherent old man at his son's funeral. <laughs> Does he even know his son is dead? Does he know? <laughs> Hitting on Catherine Sada Jones. You're yep. a pretty young one. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Kirk Douglas. Uh, 103, man. Not tragic yeah, at all. fucking crazy. Been uh, ill for years, but yeah. he did it. He made, he's, uh, hit the century mark. Those are some good genes. And uh, watch Spartacus. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Christmas Cena, when he is not visiting uh, charities and, and hospitals, dressed up as Santa and giving away boxes of uh, toys, ignoring health wishes, um, he is being praised to the heavens by James Gunn. Okay. Uh, he's in uh, uh, the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that earlier, right? And James Gunn has this to say about him. I think John is one of the best overall talents I have ever worked with. Well, I mean, he comes from wrestling, so not only is he fit, but he's technically been acting the whole time, too. Sure, that's true. But so is Hulk Hogan. No. I've seen Mr. Nanny. No. I mean... I mean, some people can do it, some people can't. I mean, The Rock has done it. The Rock has done it. He is no longer a wrestler. He is... He, He's he, now an actor who wrestles sometimes. Well, uh, and, and not even that. He is now a, an actor, and he has all these other things that he does. Like, he's... Well, like, uh, Gunn... Uh, he specifies here. He is capable of dramatic depths. I don't think any of his films have yet shown... Which is, you know, he hasn't been asked to do anything dramatic right, yet, so. I've, I've seen, what, what was that movie we saw with him? Um, The Wall? Yes. That yeah. was, like, he actually had to act in that movie. Yeah, sure, but he had, for the most part, he had to act like a guy who got shot and was dying. <laughs> still. <laughs> but still, yeah. It's like when Seagal acts as a guy who's coming out of a coma. It's like, damn, look at him actually acting. Exactly. He's never going to do this again. <laughs> You have to listen to me. That's what it feels like sometimes with these wrestler guys. I mean, not everybody that's can true. be Dave Bautista, you that's, know? That's true. Bautista's actually doing the work. And just be like, oh, yeah, I was in Blade Runner. <laughs> that was one of the best parts. <laughs> that was one of the best parts of an amazing movie. 
Um, I'm going to be in Dune, so but this, you know what's up. This is crazy, too. He's the best improv- improvisational actor I've worked with by a country mile, is what he cool. says. Uh, also, just a great dude. So James Gunn, and truly singing the praises of uh, one of his actors. Also Vin Diesel's brother in F9. Man, all right. You want to talk about F9? What the fuck is that? I think I have an F9 story in here. What the F9 bomb, Chris? Um, I have a couple of... Uh, yeah, I think I have a couple here. First off... Yeah, yeah, I'll blow all my F9 stories for this episode. Um, why F9's director is not happy <laughs> about Shaw being part of the family. Because remember, it was retconned so that Shaw was the one who kills Han. Han dies in Tokyo Drift. Yes. And uh, they, they're yes. racing. The retcon, yeah. Yeah, so he's racing, and then he just dies. It just uh, dies in a car race, yep. right? It's just um, just the tragedy of a car race. That becomes retconned that, oh, you killed my brother. Yeah. Now I'm coming for you because I just killed one of your own, yeah. right? Jason Statham. Yeah. So it's now in the movie that Statham's character, Shaw, has killed Han. Yes. But. But then a movie later, he's at a barbecue with him. Right, because the, the the thing with these movies now, people are joking about. Oh, John Cena's the bad guy in this one. He's gonna be a good guy in the next one. Yeah. Um, this is Justin Lin, the guy who directed Tokyo Drift, and then four, five, and six. Uh, he goes on to say, somebody asked me because he went on to be a good guy in seven. Yeah. Somebody asked me about Han and Han and Shaw. I was like, wait, what? Shaw's at the barbecue in eight. Really, I was so confused. One of the b- big reasons. To come back was I felt like we needed to correct something. Ah, so it's a, so it's the retcon movie again. We're, we're the retconning we're some more. Retconning the retcon, Drew. Uh, so that's why Han is back now. At the end of the trailer, Han comes walking down and yeah. he hugs him. It's like good to see. He's even eating a bag of yeah, chips. Yeah, it's like what? A, it's like what in the hell is actually going on in it's this like, franchise? What? I mean, they keep doing it though. At the end of five, they slap down Michelle Rodriguez's picture. She blew up in four. Yeah. Here she is at the end of five. Yeah. She's alive. Yeah. So uh, they're the kings of like we're just gonna do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Movie to movie, just keep me on my toes is what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, because now they are like either super rich or a very well-funded group of world-renowned super spies. And they're all connected to other super well-funded, yeah. Like, yeah. mega like, elite. Like, this is totally like Mission Impossible stuff going on here. Like, Absolutely. This is Vin Diesel Mission Impossible. It, it's over the top Mission Impossible. It's uh, We have magnet planes and... Uh, uh, but, you know, here's the thing. I, I'm enjoying... It's almost a, like it's almost a cartoon. Chris. It's a cartoon. This one <laughs> even more so than the rest. I'm enjoying the heightening of these movies. Yeah. It, it's they know what they're doing. I hope it's, so. It's all 100 percent um, tongue in cheek. They know what they're doing. That being said, what made Fast Five part of what made it so fun was a lot of the stunt work. Uh, they legit destroyed 200 cars yeah. at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. and it's like man. And then. I swear, I just assumed it's like no way they can do this for real. That has to be some sort of CG. And no, they did. They yeah. just they were driving a car inside a a, a safe. Like that was all yeah. like practical shit. Um, these movies more and more are getting to more and more CG, CG more yeah. and more CG, and it's like man, like the first movie was a bunch of dumb CG shit, and that was like Rob Cohen two thousand one crap. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's just the Ouroboros thing eats its own tail. We just bring it back around to where it was. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Fast and Furious 8, 9, and 10 is supposed to be the trilogy that ends it all. So, of course, Vin Diesel's like, you know, actually, we're thinking we're going to split 10 into two movies. <laughs> oh, we're going to split 10 into two, but I'm going to keep doing the voice stuff on uh, the animated, and we're going to have some games that come out. Yeah, they got that animated show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Vin Diesel, I started planning for Fast 10 before we started 
Fast 9. I'm, I mean, guys, do you have any idea how much IM group money I have? Yeah, guys, I'm loaded with this group money. Um, the universe is so robust and so rich with talent and rich with story that on one level, it's totally feasible to have spinoffs. And I think that's something that is inevitable. This is a funny part of the quote. Universal deserves it, meaning spinoffs, because of how much they've invested in this little saga, and it'd be good to give back to Universal. That's how he sees it, Drew. I'm just giving back to Universal back and to them. my bank account. And my bank account. I'm giving back to them. For, and for the fans, should Fast 10 Parts 1 and 2 be the conclusion, it would be nice for this uh, world to continue for generations to come. So that's in reference to not only talking about Fast 10 being two movies, but it... Uh, Passing it on. To somebody. They've been talking about for a while now, for a couple years, the all-female Fast and Furious franchise, which would be Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez. Bring all the chicks. Bring all the chicks. They've been wanting to do that for a minute. Michelle Rodriguez almost didn't come back for this one. The females of Fast and Furious? The females females of Fast and and Furious females. Three Fs. Triple F? Triple F. Yeah, Triple F. So there's got to be at least three of them. You got Triple X, now we got Triple F. Triple F1, Triple F2, Triple F3. Triple F3... Triple F. It's triple F. It's triple F. F F F F F F F F. It's actually nine Fs. It all makes sense. I have a chart right here. <laughs> Just follow this chart. You see the red line? Follow yeah, the red yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So they've been talking about doing that for a while. Michelle Rodriguez is almost gonna come back to this one because she was like, the the women need better representation in all these movies. Yeah. And then they're like, how about we give you your own movie? And she was like, okay, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Speaking of Michelle Rodriguez, um, someone asked her, would you be interested in doing, um, you know, all these actors get asked at some point, comic books. No. What comic book character would you do? What would you be interested in? I didn't pull this story, but like Keith Sanfield, someone asked him what he would want to do, and he said the Joker. It's like, dude. Ha! <laughs> I mean, yeah, you would be great at it, but kind of, kind of cleaned at the moment, in a weird way. Hmm. I'd like to see it. Oh, I would love to see it. I would love anything like Keith Sanfield wants to do. I want to see this movie where he just fucks Issa Rae. I, okay. Shit. I just want to watch them have sex. That's a separate thing. Two beautiful people having sex. I want to see that. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to. I just want to see them. I want to see him in stuff. He's great. And it's, his description of it's funny too. He's like, yeah, you know, do you have any ideas? He's like, no, you know, I just, you know, get the right actor. No, I get the right writer, get the right director, and they call something, and then I just go off and, with, and do my do my little magic. That's why he described it. It's like my little magic. Cool. It was very funny. Um, well, she was asked specifically, let me see, how did they phrase it? Because how did they come to this? How did she come to this one? Um, when asked if she would like to follow, oh, because Dwayne Johnson is now ramping up promotion on um, Black Adam. Okay. For DC. Yes. That's part of his, that's in his contract now. Yeah. We, we talked about that on the show like a year or two ago, how mm-hmm. his contracts now say, do you want me to post, use my significant Instagram fan base to, to promote your movie? That's going to cost. That's another million dollars or whatever on top of my thing. Genius. He's so smart. Um, so someone asked, hey, Michelle Rodriguez, Dwayne Johnson's going into DC. Any character you have your eye on that you would like to do? You have any idea? So it was a DC character. Any idea what one she may have said? No. No. Uh, again, sort of like Lakeith Stanfield. It's like... Already got one. Almost going too obvious for yeah. it. Oh, like, like this, it's been claimed, mm-hmm. especially now. Um, I would love to be a superhero. I think DC has my favorite superhero, which is Catwoman. What do you think, Drew? What do you think? 
I don't know. I like her because she's bad and good, and I'm in the middle when it comes to being good. I'm pretty bad good, so I would go to the DC route because there aren't a lot of really great female superheroes in general, and so I need a little edge or I can't play, and so Catwoman, I think, is my favorite. I mean, we've had some really good and really bad Selena Kyles. Um, I would argue we've had only good Selena Kyles, but we have had bad Catwoman movies. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean... Catwoman. Halle Berry was fucking... She's, she's like licking herself and stuff. She is wild as fucking that movie. She's... Like, speaking of going for it, her and Sharon Stone are amazing in that movie, but the movie itself is bad. And uh, Benjamin Pratt's in it, and he's bad. He's, they all... A lot of people around them are bad, but uh, Stone is fucking, like, delivering the goods. Uh, Michelle, and, Michelle, and Halle Berry's just into it. M- Michelle so Pfeiffer as the zombie Catwoman was really... Fucking weird. Yes. But really good. Yes. And by the end, her mask is all fucked up. Dude. And she's like getting shot by Max Shrek doing some uh, weird rhyme thing. My favorite part of that movie is when I just rewatched some of this recently. My favorite part of that is uh, towards the end, it's her walking as Shrek. Uh, Penguin's dead by this point, but they're in his underground lair. Yeah. And uh, Batman's there. And he's like, Selena, you know, and he's trying to like talk her down and he rips his mask off very awkwardly and reveals uh, Bruce Wayne underneath and Shrek goes uh, Bruce Wayne what are you doing dressed as the Batman <laughs> and, and Selena goes because he is Batman you idiot like so mean yeah. to him uh, it's very funny yeah. and then she's like you're fired yeah. Selena yeah. you're fired <laughs> I mean even Anne Hathaway was good as Catwoman she was great because she's a good actress and it was a very Smart telling of that the 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 cat burglar like really focusing yeah. on the cat burglar aspect. I, I like the the real world. Okay, she's not going around with cat ears. No, but she but flips when, up when her she, goggles and then there they are. They just happen to look like cat ears. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, that Nolan realism was a really fun take on all that. No. Uh, but then, like I mentioned earlier, it does then push into a weird way where okay, we're going Nolan realism. Well. They have to deal with the police department. They got guns. Now we got shootouts. And, and like we're talking about real world violence is now coming yeah. to this PG-13 comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when, you know, again. That's when, why everybody misses. And then, and then everyone misses. The worst cops <laughs> in the world. It's almost even better to have the weirdness of like the, the no gun GPD <laughs> of Birds of Prey. Yeah. Like, oh no, she, glitter bombs. <laughs> Arms up. Glitter bomb. Don't, don't glitter bomb us to death anymore, please. I'm just trying to make sure we're out of fast stories. Okay. Teasing what we're going to talk about on our Patreon episode this week. We're going to talk about the next version of Sylvester Stallone's Expendables. Okay. It's surprising. Uh, it's very surprising in, in two ways. We're going to talk about that. He, he, we noticed was surprising? Him and that stupid Facebook commercial. Say, like, hey, I bet they were expecting me. Hey, yeah, who, who was the actual one? Who, who was the fake Rocky who turned around? It's like, what are you expecting? I can't remember. Oh, it was Chris Rock. It was Chris Rock. Yeah, he turns around. And then Stallone comes out, hey, it's me. And then they're all, hey. Really fucking weird, Cause, dude. Because he's so earnest and corny. So then when he comes out like that, it's like, hey. it's like, ah, so corny. I hope he got paid well. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about in this week's Patreon episode, um, that crazy Nicolas Cage movie where he's going to play himself. Have you heard about this? The Unbearable Weight of Talent, I think it's called. Yeah. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about um, premiere dates and, and promotional stuff released for WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, we're going to talk about Mandalorian Season 2 premiere date and uh, spinoff series possibility. We're going to talk about 
Sam Raimi taking on Doctor Strange. That's going to be fucking bonkers. We're going to talk about uh, Henry Golding as Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie. You know about this, Drew? What? Uh, I even have a picture to show you. We're going to talk about... Um, we may talk about that Justin Bieber docuseries Breaking Records on YouTube. He came from YouTube, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's where Usher found him. And then he is back to YouTube smashing records. Um, a very interesting deal that Warner Brothers is doing with a specific Warner Max development arm. That's part of HBO Max. Yeah. Warner Media, Warner Max. Um, we going to talk about Peter Sarsgaard on the set of The Batman. Okay. Okay. There's also we going to talk about. And then we're going to talk about John Turturro's The Jesus Rolls movie trailer. That Saw that. Out. Yeah. We, we, that we, looks nuts. So we can talk about that. But we're going to end this episode talking about this story, Drew Cogburn, the Oscars 2020 swag bags. Remember when we were giving oh, out swag I heard bags? About this. Yeah. But the reason why for years I was giving away those cheap ass swag bags was because of exactly this. I mean, we started the show. This, this news is actually fucking disgusting. It's always disgusting. Every year is <laughs> disgusting. Um, for people who don't know, that they have. Something called the Everybody Wins Bag. They've been doing this for almost two decades where all nominees, not even the winner, all nominees get ushered into a suite where they're handed just a ridiculous amount of shit. This year, $215,000 worth of swag went to each nominee. Each nominee. These people are already multi-millionaires. They're already rich. (laughs) And almost a million dollars worth of shit being given away per category. 24 categories. So you're talking... Twenty-five to thirty million dollars worth of shit retail given away retail. Yeah. Retail, just like over in retail. Um, and then uh, who was it? Ed Norton, like a decade ago, came out super hard against this and um, was trying to get them to just straight up stop doing it and all the waste and all the money and all that stuff and obviously it didn't work. So according to USA Today, some of the things in this bags will include uh, a twenty-four K gold bath bomb, so you can bathe in gold, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Then, then, then do you have to wash the gold off later? No, it just goes down the drain. Okay. Literally goes down the drain. That's smart. Um, a five-night stay in Waikiki. Where's that? That's Hawaii, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a 12-day 12 day cruise for two on a luxury yacht. Damn. I mean, I wonder how many of these people actually use these things. Or hopefully they just give it to their friends or and family. Or they give them away. I bet you <laughs> them to give them away. Uh, man, if someone got this, I'm like, can I get this, please? A urine collection and analysis system. Oh, yeah, so you can drug test your people. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. More perks. Uh, organic cotton bus support tape. A phone consultation with a life coach. I, I'll take that. One of your membership to a matchmaking agency. That's not good for married nominees. <laughs> Cannabis-infused chocolate. Hey, man, you might need this. A vape pen with a 24K, 24K gold finish. That's for Steve Edgy. We'll give that to Steve. For our Mark swag bag, handmade luxury eyelashes for the ladies. For the ladies, uh, oh, a pill, a pill to give relief from monthly breast pain. Must be good drugs if they only give you one, and it must be good drugs if they only give them to the rich. A ton of alcohol. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then it says, and more. Here, eat this chocolate, drink these booze, have fun at the Oscars. Let me see if I can get a more detailed list here. Um, Distinctive Assets is the company that gives this shit away. Um, Companies have to pay a minimum of $4,000 to be included to the company, to this Distinctive Assets. I would would just be walking around to everybody and be like, hey man, you gonna eat that chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, how many milligrams at 15? Yo, I need all the chocolates. <laughs> Yo, bro, you, you, you gonna eat that chocolate? Empty <laughs> all the chocolates out of all the bags. Hey, Joaquin, you're gonna, oh no, you're gonna eat oh, that chocolate. You're gonna eat that chocolate. Joaquin's doing the same thing. <laughs> you're gonna, God damn it. You realize he's doing the same thing? I gotta be, the Joaquin gets you ready, damn it. He's so fast. It, it's melting in his beard. I can see it. Joaquin, you're, it's melting in your beard. Damn it. Clean yourself up. You're about to get up on stage there. So accept your award. Uh, all right, 12 day cruise, five nights stay, bath bomb, wellness retreat in Malibu, unisex foot spray to prevent swelling, a brain sensing headband, which translates mental activity into the sounds of weather. Just think about that for a second. <laughs> uh, an IV drip. I almost called it an I4 drip. A four drip, <laughs> like a Roman numeral. Mm-hmm. IV drip of a vitamin injection and a face oil. Uh, foods with a diet that claims to mimic fasting. Okay. okay. Plant-based meal kits. Chemical peels, laser skin resurfacing, injectables. A stay inside a Spanish lighthouse. <laughs> um, treatment to tighten skin. A private... Oh, wait, so that, oh it's a British life coach. Did you even mm. mention that? Um, personal training sessions, visit with a celebrity endocrinologist, a silk robe, t-shirts, workout gear, CBD simple syrup, CBD balm, um, an original art piece, custom stained glass portrait, one of your membership to a life skill guide service, card games, books. <laughs> oh, here we go. Absinthe, tequila, gluten-free potato, and organic wheat vodka, uh, cookies, French macaroons, Serums, oils, aromatherapy, gift set, candles, hydrogen-infused water. Wait a minute. A projector that puts stars on the ceiling. Wait a minute. Hydrogen-infused water. Repeat that one more time. Hydrogen-infused water. (laughs) What what is water, Chris? H2O. Hydrogen. But they they added extra hydrogen to it. Um, jewelry and gems from Afghanistan. Wow, so specific. All right, so luxury car fragrance <laughs> accessory. Do not put Man. this in your normal car. It's for a luxury car only. It's like somebody took my diet water idea. Diet water. <laughs> I got gluten free water. Gluten free water. Uh, deodorant and alpaca throw. <sighs> yeah. So. so there you go. Wow. Are you- Fucking kidding me! While we are all slaving away, barely let me getting guess. by. Let me, let me guess. They they call it dihydrogen monoxide. Uh, no. Do they? Yes, they do. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um, yeah. Swag bag. I feel like uh, after a while, people forgot the point of the swag bag, and then they're just like, "Oh, you're just giving away a bunch of cheap shit." It's like, no, the joke is the the the, the award season swaggery. Anyway. Here, Drew, take this. Will that help me? It's a roast beef sandwich. Ooh, uh, I'm kind of hungry. Found it uh, behind the sofa. Damn it. Old roast beef sandwich. Okay, guys, that is episode 370. Uh, thank you, Drew Sakagman. welcome, Chris Cresswell. You are welcome, listeners. Sign up for our Patreon. Give us your monies. We need them. We're done. A PFT Media Production.